Take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just recorded a half hour. And we were really in our flow. I was getting so stoned. It's the best stuff we've ever said. Was the, that just was the, trust us. Our best podcast yet. For real. And then uh, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, oh, we're not rolling. A card, full card. It's going to happen once in a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not that professional. No. We're, we're, uh, we're enthusiast level at podcasting, not professional. Definitely. Professional, I think, would imply like there's a producer here. We're getting paid for this. Things are coming out consistently or whatever. We'd consider editing it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's not that. It's a it's an outlet for us. But man, we were saying some good shit. You had me thinking about my life and my midlife crisis and fucking. I'm not even in a midlife crisis. It's just funny to act like. Well, why were you saying you think you're in a mid, like, if this was a moment of a midlife crisis? Uh, just because I don't have my own spot right now. And it's, Most it's, people in midlife crisis, they buy a red Lamborghini. Yeah, and I could go do that, but I'm just <laughs> like, let's just save the money we have. And, like, I just want to see what I'm motivated by, you know? Because I feel like the whole, you know, the first half of my life and the first half of our career was motivated by being young and being ambitious and fucking a little spite towards the world and the system and uh, my sister passing away and, like, all this stuff. And I, I understood what my motivations were and what they were all about, and they took me a long way. And now I'm like, okay, I'm embracing a childless future. Um, I'm like, but I'm, I'm wrapping my head around some bigger things. Like, okay, what is the rest of my life going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Am I going to be a nerd? I'm kind of surprised you think about that because I think about that too. I mean, I know we talk about kids and how we're happy we don't have them and stuff. <laughs> Very happy we don't have kids. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, like you say, in a childless future, that's something that comes to my, like, kind of like, can, woo, yeah, like, I love my mom. Yeah. and my dad more than anything in the entire world like and i'm and the way we're being there for your parents as they get a little bit older like we're going to be there for my parents and then thinking like ooh, ooh, maybe yeah. but and it kind of like made me hack my thinking because i was like okay my mom and dad gave me so much love and that's why i'm going to show up for them i mean because i love them but you know it's kind of this thing this exchange so it's i'm kind of like all right, that's an investment. And you can do that without kids. You can invest oh, in your yeah. community. You can invest in new relationships. You can invest in, I'm just like trying to be, how do I just be fun and cute enough old lady that someone wants to like hang out next to me on my deathbed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that we can stay healthy though and take care of each other till the end. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the idea. That's the plan right now. Yeah. But I guess I would rather have a childless future than a futureless child when it comes down to it. Yeah. And and that's me being as like the selfish me is like, yeah, uh, fucking in the next few years, shit out a child, make it everyone else's problem, you know, make it my parents' problem, make it my sister's problem, anyone that will watch the fucking kid, your mom's problem. Well, they've all said, put a financial burden it. on everyone in our life, make everyone feel bad for us, be begging for money on this fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, or I could say, like, uh, you know, the best thing for, for the planet it would be, like... Not, and for your life. And, and for my life, really. Yeah, I mean, and for just, my freedom and the things that I'm used to and the things I really dig and, 
Yeah. yeah, bringing in a child into this world, if you have the wherewithal to care about them having a good education and yeah. interfacing this world with this world in a way that's more aware, not, like that is a beautiful thing and a beautiful service. Yeah. And um, I think the people who like to do it should do it. Yeah. Definitely. But it's like the full-time project of all full-time projects. I mean, look at me right now. I'm 41. I'm relying on my parents. You know. Yeah, they never move. It, no, it's 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 really a full time fucking thing for as long as you're alive or the kids alive. It really is. It's it requires your full engagement. It com- it requires a complete if you're gonna do it good, a complete derailment from whatever you thought your concerns were to this thing. You know. I think um, it's kind of funny that we're living here now because at times most of our time living in the city there was like this feeling of like very splintered like there's a part of our world that could use more of our attention and we'd come up here like frequently but not in the way that maybe we could be as helpful as we were being now with like meals and support and that sort of stuff so there's something really beautiful about finding this balance like this feels like a necessary like recalibration of balance like we're almost making up for the last However many years we were a little more MIA and being like, okay, here's concentrated time where we're here. Yeah. And then there'll be like a balance and we'll try to be a little more uh, mindful about like, okay, let's not be too far, that sort of stuff. I mean, it would haunt me because we had the best life of our lives down in the city. We were we partied it up. I partied for fucking 18 years, like straight, like straight up, going crazy down there. And the party don't stop. I was about to say. But we're in a different location now, but it would haunt me that it always felt like I was ignoring my duties. And it'd be a whole different situation if it was just normal family. My parents were empty nesters. I don't think I would see them more than once a month, if that, you know. But I got my sister here who has epilepsy, who's 35 years old, who needs all of her needs tended to 24-7. Yeah, full-time care. Full-time care. My parents are like, my dad's in his 70s. My mom's getting towards her 70s. She still works full-time, like, They've needed but have been too afraid to ask for years for a more a living situation like this. So they can enjoy their lives. So You know, in a way, it's selfish for me to be like, let me go off and have my life. That's what they wanted for me, and I built something beautiful. But this is what they need, truly. And if it wasn't for all the, the, the pressures of the capitalist world on us, I think more people would be living like this, you know, intergenerational households helping each other out especially when there's someone with a disability. You really need to rally around that person. You know, Katie doesn't have any friends. Well, she, uh, in a lot of ways, must have kept your family together. And she s- has kept our family together, 100%. Because, I mean, a lot of marriages have a really hard time staying together after the loss of a child. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with everything that your parents have been to do together, th- been through together, not even counting Aaron, like... It's kind of crazy that they've stuck it out together. And I think that, not in a resentful way, but in a beautiful way, Katie's like a backbone of that. Oh, I've always said that. Uh, You know, I, and I, that that always stops my parents in their tracks if they're feeling a little whatever, you know, which happens. But I'll, I'll say to them, like, Katie's kept our family together. I don't think, I mean, we just had such a fucked up childhood with uh, my dad's drug abuse. It wasn't like fucked up 24-7 type of thing, but it was scary, volatile, anxiety-ridden, you know, um, but a good family, good-hearted people. 
fucking some good Irish Catholics. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? We're just out here doing it. My dad's having a hard time, and it really <laughs> caused a lot of strife, and it was tough being the oldest child. I talked about it on another podcast where I just feel like I didn't really, like, it's weird. I don't think about, a, like, a childhood, you know? I I always think of, you know, I, I don't know. I was like an adult stuck in a child's body because I had responsibilities that were bigger because I was the oldest and I had three younger sisters and my dad was out of control probably half the time, a third of the time, sometimes three quarters of the time and then for a while, 100% of the time. So, I don't know. The fact that my mom stuck through with my dad through that says a lot about her character and that they've been able to uh, withstand the Aaron's death. And, you know, that Katie's just needed 24-7 care since and that they take that on themselves. It's It's intense. It's intense. And I remember when I first took mushrooms, the first time I took mushrooms, I was like what was coming down as a download like be better animals and be better your to your family like like the mushrooms telling me which is really myself telling me you know the the blockages went down and i could finally receive the message at 32 years old like be close to your family your parents aren't always going to be here you know we're going to live a good amount of our life after our parents have left this earth so soak it up while they're here try to make amends with them try to make good memories try to make good relationships Try to deepen the connection. And for all those reasons, I'm really glad we're back here. And um, my soul loves it. And I think you were saying that you feel happier here and you're not sure why. I like myself better. You like yourself better here. Yeah. You spend, I, th- I think, partly is because you're in service. You're more accountable. Yeah. There's more accountability. We're in a house with five people. We're all relying on your food. <laughs> Not all the time, but Not yeah. Not all the time, but yeah. most meals like you're yeah. you're preparing and putting out. So I think that's automatically going to fill your cup because you're you're in service. But then there's also that accountability because the vibe uh, can change like that around here, and it does. And you're really good about having a consistent vibe and one that can be relied on. I try. I'm not like I definitely lose my cool. Like not in, probably comparatively not as much, but. You know, there's times where, you know, I've been known to slam a door in your face or something. Yeah, but uh, not as much since we're up here. Well, what am I going to do? I'm not even in our apartment. You're accountable. Yeah, I'm accountable. There's more people around, you know. And so are you. Like, so you have to be more considerate over what you're blasting out. And uh, yeah, that's helped us people. both. That's helped us both evolve a little bit. Yeah, this has been like a great humbling, not in a way of like, oh, we're really down on our luck, but humbling of like, what are our values and mm. kind of appreciating like this new space and territory and yeah. what is life and what, what do, like, how do I see this space? Yeah. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that because a lot of times like how I want to see the space and how I feel like when I'm at my best is when I see the space is like a playground. Like, yeah. I'm in a sandbox and I'm like. When you see life as that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to be more sensitive to that life might not be a playground to everybody. No, it's a battlefield to uh, at least a lot of men, you know. I, I feel that. I could tap into that, you know. It's a battlefield, and a lot of them are fighting a losing battle because that's just the way it was rigged. It's just the way it was set up. Or like a war zone. Yeah, exactly. A battlefield. Something like A stage. I, a stage where you always feel like you need to perform. Mm-hmm. Um 
in order to feel love or whatever it is, or you just like performing, there's a different way. You were saying you like to see life as like a black, a blank canvas, which I really like that, where you always want to be like making it better and creating and how Yeah, it's just just like a big lifelong painting Mm -hmm. that you're, you know, that the textures and the colors and the brush strokes and the and the, the the brushes you use and all that stuff it's like those are those are your memories and your friends and your family and your art and like your your connections and so you know i'm just constantly just the way i think of it at least is i've shown up i've taken form to be an artist and that's what life is it's a it's a blank canvas let's decorate it you know and every decade's like a layer on there and then you just kind of like go over the whole thing and then keep going over it and keep going over it and you hopefully make something that is uh interesting and can be revered and can help other people feel more connected that's the idea that's the idea with our individual projects but with the project of my life you know is like showing people an example of i hope like <coughs> more critical thinking about the systems that we're in and uh m- more uh opening the heart space that that's it just feels like my my two overall overarching uh, it's metaphors kinda, it's in kind of life. interesting how you, the, we've seen those like in yourself like interface because you've like definitely had a, a focus on you know bringing light to injustice or uh, the way things are broken but also like that meets your heart space and like loving acceptance and appreciation so there's like this way that that interfaces it's pretty beautiful and interesting yeah yeah no I mean for a lot of my life I treated life like oh I'm in a puzzle and I gotta fucking excuse my language but I gotta um, I gotta figure it out mm. you know I, I there's there's a problem and I gotta solve it yeah or it's a maze and I'm not on the right track, but maybe if I like, which way do I go? Like always yeah. not unsure of what, whether I'm doing the right thing or not. And, um, that's just, that's just one way of like setting the game. Like we're in a game and you just set it to that level and you're you like, set it to like s- confused student mode. Yeah. Where everything's like, Oh, <laughs> like, I wait, can't figure I, it out. I missed oh. my homework. Oh, wait, oh, fuck. Wait, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Or when I thought, like for after doing some of these psychedelic experiences the for the first time thinking that everyone else knew what was going on and I was the only one who didn't yeah no i i really have seen uh, i've i've seen your evolution up close and personal like the way it, just just from you going from a person that's like barely aware of all the stuff that we fucking swim in now to to like you know come like just i just feel like i saw you poke out of your shell and start to fucking see the world and be like what the fuck and you were like scared and finding your footing and like needed help at first and like now you're like you're a beacon of light for people i don't know about that but i'm not oh you told you totally are i don't think you should downplay that <laughs> i think that's sending bad signals to our to our system that we're out of alignment you help you help a lot of people like i, I don't think that if there's one thing we could brag about it's like not that many people listen to this, but we become friends with a lot of them, and a lot of them need help and guidance, and they've helped us, but we've helped them, and you've done a lot of that. Well, I think we're trying to create space for, like, uh, vulnerable conversations. Yeah. Um, and 
I think that's kind of interesting. I feel like our communication has gotten better since we've been up here. I think it's like kind of, it's kind of, or not even since we've been up here. Well, this is the great humbling. Yeah. For me, mm-hmm. for a man. The, yours will, might come in a completely different package, but for me, this is the great humbling. Right. And if, if that, if, if having the vulnerable conversation with myself is what you're responding to right now. Like that I've been having an internal, more vulnerable more real, more heavy, more sad conversation with myself. But uh, it's allowed me to show up as less reactive because I've taken off some of the masks that I had to wear living in the city for 18 years and like firing on all cylinders and every part of our career and our love life and everything. It's like now I I feel like I can take those masks off take a good hard look at them, decide if I want to use them again. But the internal vulnerable conversation that I'm having with myself as set off by the great humbling uh, has made me, I I don't want to say it, but it's probably made me a better man, you know, more fun partner, more easy person to be around. Yeah. Um, Still crazy. What do you mean? Do you feel crazy on the inside? No, I feel crazy when I'm, when I'm, uh, it, it's, it's not the internal conversation. is it's, it's, you could set your watch to it. It's so, it is what it is. It's fucking, it's not mean or inappropriate or anything like that, but I get reactive sometimes. I was fucking yelling at you before. Like you're not getting in a cult. You're not doing this. You're not giving fucking grifters your money. I know they're nice. I know they're sweet people, but you're not like, that's when I, I'm like, oh, I'm still crazy. You know, like you're like, oh yeah, no, I get it. And I'm like, I'm going to still keep telling you this for 10 minutes because you don't understand. Are you not understanding? And it's just like, it's just like my inner child, like screaming out, like, pay attention to me. Don't neglect me. Don't go off with someone else. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's to say like, look, this humbling is helping my spiritual development, but it is not my, it's not the, the completion of it, you know? feels like training ground literally i'm doing i do so much training i've like because i don't have a city to just walk around and fuck around with people and 10 people a day ringing our bell coming up and getting high and doing weird shit i'm just fucking lifting weights and doing my dips and pull-ups and push-ups and uh just trying to stay focused on what we're good at and that's a good thing to remind ourselves every now and then because it does doesn't it feel like we were put here especially when we found each other that fucking big bang of that meeting was based around filmmaking yeah definitely and our love for it and our love for people filmmaking aside we love people we need an excuse to get out there and experience more of them because that extends our circle of compassion so what better way to do it than through art and through the art of documentary which is having a beautiful moment it's only existed for a hundred years less you know let's fucking make a mark on this thing let's show people what it what it can be Let's not fucking take the temptation of making formulaic bullshit like what ends up on Netflix, you know? Let's not do that. Let's let's write our own path, and it's going to be scary. And what's the spell that we cast on our life, our whole, since we've known each other? That we're artists. That comes with a fucking price tag. It definitely You take does. a big bite out of the universe, it does take a big bite out of you. And you got to be prepared for the great humbling to happen every now and then because there, it's it's not just an upward trajectory. Oh, yay, yay, everything's just going to be going great forever. You need moments like this. 
you need periods of your life that are akin to a forest fire. Really? Is that still the most important thing to me? Yeah. To be an artist? Yeah. And we just, we look at each other all the time and we're like living in your parents' basement. Is it basement? worth having a childless future? To be artists. To be like, artists. More yeah. like, yes, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we're like, we, because, you know, when you do have a child, you have to take things a little more seriously and have another next level of, like, responsibility. Yeah. 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 Um, well, because of the system we're in, you know. I, I think it it used to be more of a, like, yeah, of course, everyone does that. But it was more of a, like, hey, the whole tribe is in on this. Like, we'll we'll all pitch in. And you, you'll still be yourself. You're not going to have to sacrifice yourself entirely to the marketplace of, and sell your labor to, you know, for to, to in order for to raise this kid. Yeah, sure in that, or, yeah. yeah, to make sure that this kid's provided for. You're not going to have to sacrifice your happiness and well-being and your bodily health. Like, how many people... Just fucking give up on the temple because they're just in the fucking in the gears of this thing, you know, and they they give up on their body. They they betray it. You know, that's like those are sacrifices I'm not really willing to make for a little fucker. I don't even know yet. (laughs) Come on. Come on. The movies I know I love. I know I love filmmaking. I know I'm addicted to it and I know it's evolving and I know we're going to have to evolve with it. And we can't just keep, you know, making the same stuff and assume people are going to respond the same way. And I love all that. I, I'm totally down for that, for the for the art being our babies, and we are birthing children all the fucking time, and I'm totally down for that. Yeah, I think also like people who have kids, there's like a very clear trajectory of like they get a dog and then they want to spend time with people who have kids, and mm. you know, there's like a way that I would I feel like I would see the signs if we were headed in that direction, and. Um, it's cool. You see me walking this pug. I know. Having a great time. It, it does send off like weird alarm bells in my body where I'm, I'm like, like, he's oh, a pug dad. He's such a cute daddy. He's such a cute pug dad. You take the dog out and I'm like, that is so sweet. Your yeah. responsibility and your love and affection. I mean, I'm at an age now where I could just say like, yeah, I have a 21 year old. You know. Well, you're also She's like. She's off at college. She's uh, got a scholarship to Columbia. You're also yeah. in a beautiful <laughs> position where you probably could have a kid until your 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, come on. I'm not looking to do that. I, 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 I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm fine with it, but that's kind of the reckoning that I've been going through with my eternal, but <laughs> my eternal dialogue, my internal dialogue. And your eternal dialogue. My eter- I hope my eternal dialogue isn't like, hey, you want to have kids? You Make sure just don't have kids, right? Like, we're not having kids. Like, I hope that's not the eternal dialogue. But, yeah, while we're, we're fucking stuck up in suburbia, like, of course it's going to come to the forefront of the conversation. You're in your childbearing years. I'm getting past my fucking having lots of sperm years. <laughs> like, yeah, of course it, you consider those things, but I don't want it to be the eternal dialogue. I do need moments of, like, we're good, right? We're cool. You're not like silently suffering, you know? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I I love the dramatic pause. <laughs> well, I wanted to really think about it. <laughs> uh, well, it would come out in the wash anyway. We take too much acid. It would come out in the wash. We already did that acid trip. Yeah. Should we have a baby? Should we have a baby? Okay, well, that That's was all you could say. Remember that? It was well, like the second or third time we ever took acid. My life was feeling a little meaningless at the time, and I had just read Victor Frankl's search, Man's Search for Meaning. And You're 26 years old. You're like, do we have to have a baby? Should we have a baby? I'm like, oh, no. 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 <laughs> no. 
Yeah. No, Mary's like, you guys talk about this a lot. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why. But we're just we're just being honest. We could we could censor the conversation around her if it makes her uncomfortable, but I'm thirteen years older than her. And if it she if she doesn't if she doesn't have this conversation in, in internally or hasn't, you know, or whatever, like that's good. That's good on her. But it just it comes up as you get older and all your friends are pairing off and getting married and having dogs and having kids and talking about school districts and driveways and perennials and mortgages and stuff like that's the suburban plight. And like, that's why in a way I tell you all the time, I'm like, I don't know if suburbia is for us. Like the city fucking drains me in a certain way, but it gives me life in a certain way that this place just can't, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do other than like, should we go shop? Should we go pick up some stuff? Should we run an errand? Like, there's not like that vibrancy and electricity that the city provides. So yeah, you see how people come up here and just keep up with the Joneses, and that's that's easy. Like like to me that would I be, don't think it's easy. I want to think, think about how much easy. work it goes into people having a home. No, or... my sister, her life isn't easier than us in a no way. But way. the decision making about it was very simple and easy, and it happened from a young age. She's been saying since she was a teenager, I want to have a lot of kids. I'm, I'm going to get married and have a lot of kids. And she was 23 and got married and started having kids at 24 and has five kids. I wouldn't be surprised if she'd think about somehow having another, you know? And, but I'm not saying her life's easy. It's anything, but it's, it's we the opposite. Our life is one day so much we were easier. Like, Whoa, that's a lot of driving <laughs> to <laughs> bring them to soccer. For and one, we, and we had to be responsible for two out of the five for an hour. And we were like, we can't do this. Because we would have to divide and conquer. We wouldn't be able to spend as much time together. At least that's the way I thought of it. I was like, I I like just hanging out with Cass. Like, I don't really need a kid to up this situation. And then it's, you know, everybody's path is different. And, like, for some people, that's, like, the most fulfilling. That's the reason they took form. I think anyone that has a kid, that is the reason you took form is to to keep this thing going. Yeah. Well, you're you're off the hook because your sister had five. I'm off the hook because my parents were okay with them not even having kids. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. We're not getting pressure from anyone. That's why mm-hmm. it's more of a real conversation. That's why it coming up now is like it's really just based on like the age we're getting to and stuff and the situation we're currently in. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like right now we're working on three films that I can like right now we're actively working on three films. We have one in post and we have two in pre-production production. We've never done that before. You know? So in a way we're like we're firing on all cylinders and we're doing better and we're finding more focus and we're we're having more spaciousness to do more things and sink our teeth into more projects. And I think in in that sense being away from the city really helps us. You know, let way less distractions, but when I need the like the hit of like just compulsive spontaneity it's harder to it's hard to find anything like that to do up here we always end up going to the city we're in the city every fucking weekend you know we're like we're up in mayor shit constantly <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's all it is it's a the great humbling and which is a reckoning and then i think i've i've spoken about it before long ago but i think uh that that leads to the great harmony in your life and you know, when, when you catch that wave surf it for all it's worth because those are the good times when it's like oh wow this is this is harmonious everything's 
everything's firing all, on all cylinders. Because the temptation in those situations, you, we're so programmed to like be like, okay, what's wrong? What can I work on? What can I improve? And this and that. You know, we're we're not. But that's why the Church of Chill is like really near and dear to my heart. It's it's it it doesn't seem like a serious thing, but for anyone that that really wants to go deep on it, like it is about like reclaiming the kingdom of enjoyment of your life, not just constantly just like putting logs on the fire and putting them just a desperately well, trying to I keep was, the thing going. It's funny. I was telling your dad the other day. I was like, you should s- schedule designated times of the day to worry yeah and i was like i did i started doing that and it was just so brilliant yeah because i used to think like oh i need to worry every minute of every day to get anything done or to do anything right or to not screw something up like i need to always be worrying or thinking about how i could mess something up or thinking 10 steps ahead yeah and i think that is valuable if you set space for it because if you're always doing it then you're never in the moment and then life is like a wash well, imagine being 70 years old and someone half your age comes along and they're like, stop worrying so much. And this guy's like, what? I fucking have an epileptic daughter and a wife that's yelling at me all the time every time I fucking make a mistake. And like, it's oh, just, yeah, it's a moot point. It's it, not it's a, it, it is. It's a moot point. It, yeah. it, it really you're telling yourself that. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's a great little uh, switch up that people can do when they're trying to dole it out you know just be like oh man i'm talking to myself right now aren't i i need to hear this mm-hmm. I, I need to reinforce this narrative in my life and i'm just catching a reflection from my fucking father-in-law how that can apply m- better to my life because i don't want to end up like that you know and that's how my dad has taught me the most no totally <laughs> you, you can't be attached and yeah I've, i think i went in and through the vortex of thinking i could heal or help people and thinking that I know what's better for people, I have no idea what is wor- like working for other people and why it's working and what's keeping it at all level and all together. And yeah, it's definitely not me to judge, but that's why I say, like, uh, you know, when I'm at my best, I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm on a tightrope. I'm assuming everyone else is. I don't know how high off the ground that thing is. I don't want to be the one shaking it and throwing them off the fucking thing. Like, I don't need to serve that purpose. And there's been times in our life where it's that's the only purpose I felt like I served. Is I go around shaking people's tightropes. You're really good at it. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. you're like, I'm like fucking hanging out in my playground. And you're like, aren't you seeing that you're on a tightrope? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all bets are off with us. You know. No, I don't apply. Yeah. If it, yeah. we came to this we came into this life to give each other a, a shaking. Yeah, throw some sass around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like to me it's like <clears throat> besides mayor, every everyone else is really off limits, you know what I mean in terms of like my commentary and stuff, but if we're sharing such a uh, an extreme amount of time together, well, if you're like, you love me and you want to be around me, this is what works for me. And this is why, you know, yeah. I think that's fair Yeah. When in relationship to yeah. be honest with who you are and what you prioritize and why. Shape up or ship out. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, a bit, I don't know, it's just, it's just where I'm at. And like, I think the people close to me probably understand, um, I'm at probably the most interesting point I've been in the past 18, 20 years because of uh what we've been through and that like you know that that challenges have come along that it's not just all 
fucking rainbows and butterflies that challenges come along and you have to deal with the shadow and you have to uh have many and huge reckonings in your life and um it to me in order to enter the realm of the church of chill i need to go through all that stuff you know i'm just like kind of laughing because i remember that moment that you were like coming down on me and saying life's not always rainbows and butterflies and i was like it is to me damn it it is to me but i mean (laughs) Uh, look, I'm and not here to like shake your tail. I was like, I was like, my life is gonna be rainbows and butterflies, and if you're not hip to it, you have the problem. I mean, and, and it's true. It's <laughs> true, and that's you fighting back, and that's good. That's positive. <laughs> you know, that's you. That's you standing up for something that's near and dear to you, and that's you saying like, stop, don't shake that part of me. Like, <laughs> don't do that. You know, and I'm like, I get that, because I do it to you. We do it to each other all the time. We do it to each other all the fucking time. It's 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 just constantly a battle of like, were you being serious? don't be serious. Come on. Or like, let's be serious. Are you fucking kidding me? You're not being serious right now. I, it is really funny like how you can switch and do both with me. Like, Oh yeah. You're too serious. You're too serious. Why are you being so serious? And then it's like, you're not being serious. How can we I get know. through this life? If you're not being serious. And I'm like, wait, you've trained me to treat life like a playground. I'm treating it like a playground. And now I'm, I'm not trained you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even treat it like a fucking playground. I do when I'm at my best, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm joking around. You're the best. I love you so much. We have a good time. Uh, that much I know is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think keeps you coming back for more. Is It's just, it's a good time overall. Yeah, this, I mean, this blank canvas is fun to dance around on. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking every year is another brushstroke and just to have fun with it. And, you know, it, like, that's the whole thing. If I hold those as the highest ideals, my life takes that path. If I hold productivity and fucking all this, the struggles of capitalism, my my life takes that path. And yeah, it's it's hard because I like I I have been good at at the capitalist grind. I have been good at the the monopoly game. Um, so I'll sometimes beat myself up when I feel like I'm not being as good at it. But what I have to do is just realize like, oh, you just got to find another set of motivations to to be good in that game. Well, we were just reminding ourselves the other morning what our motivations are. And we're like, our motivation is to be artists. Our motivation is to get paid to make art. We are in all ways on trajectory for that to happen. Yeah. Why would we judge where we're at in this moment? Like, that is the trajectory. Our dreams are literally coming true before our eyes. Like, Yeah. Would we doubt it and jump off the track that we can so clearly see has been a dream and a prayer that we've made? And we didn't make the prayer like, oh, make us rich and famous. We made the prayer of like, allow us to be artists. Yeah. And we're, that's happening. Yeah. And it continues to happen. And we're, we're carving out the pathways for us to be financially stable based on art that we create. Mm. And we can't expect it to happen overnight, but it's happening. Yeah. You know, and sowing those good seeds, I don't know, it seems to be paying off and it encourages me to like continue to show up because like this is the chance. Like yeah. there is no plan B. This is what we were saying to each other the other day. We're like, yeah. we're in it. Yeah. And I, I think it just we gave really us are. such a kick in the ass, not out of fear, but out of love. Mm. We kicked ourselves in the ass and said, we love our life. We love the direction it's going. Let's just show up and support the life that we have yeah. with our full engagement and attention rather than like, oh, we suck and we're d- doing things bad and we're not on the right track. It's like, no, we're 
exactly where we want to be to give any judgments about where we are would be to not zoom out and see that like it's happening Mm. you know and that that's the that's the ultimate sacrament of the church of chill that's our communion is self-forgiveness and gratitude because once we once we brought that online and it's it's easier with two people because when it's all just an internal conversation it's really hard to suss out and land on something positive i think at least for me but with two people, you know, you have someone that can remind you, and we have three people, someone that can remind you of, of uh, self-forgiveness and gratitude and just perspective on on the whole thing. Like, hey, take a breath. Let's relax. Let's realize uh, how lucky we are, how privileged we are, that we even get to call ourselves artists, you know? Yeah, my mom was saying the other day, and this is where having support from a family is so really grateful for it but she's like i'm so glad you're just like don't show up in a suit and like act like a lawyer and like don't like have some high-powered thing like if you guys were taking your life so seriously i would feel like i had to take my life more seriously and like i really like that you guys don't take life too seriously it allows us to have a lot more fun together yeah um you know she came over for thanksgiving and we just had a great time and i think she took just, some acid took some edibles yeah she took acid at 5 p.m i was like jesus mom i was like she's, she she's, learned from the best i would never do that we've done that <laughs> well i would but she i mean she like has that superpower where she can sleep no matter what but yeah 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 no it's it's really fun yeah yeah I, I was thinking about this the other night when we were uh we've been watching We've only seen two parts of the four-part Shaquille O'Neal documentary. The two that are out. Yeah, there's only only two have been released so far. But uh, we're such suckers for all this. Anything that comes out that's like a big name musician or sports figure, even if we know nothing about them, it's like we have to watch it because we love documentaries. We love great stories. And I I just love like the like put a bow on it. This person's career. They did their career. You know, now let's talk about it. Let's talk about their motivations. Let's talk about how they were able to do this. Shaquille O'Neal barely was on his high school team. Like he was, everyone thought he sucked. Everyone just thought like this was this phenom, this seven foot one huge beast of a man that just couldn't like, he couldn't make it work on the court. Well, it was, it's painful for him. It was painful. Like his joints and stuff would hurt from running like down the court, like to carry that much weight and muscle. 320 pounds, seven foot one. Yeah, so he had a really hard time, like... Yeah, well, because all these expectations are on you when you're that big. And then you have to develop the skills around it. And then, you know, so what got me thinking, though, is... uh, And this comes up in all these fucking documentaries about the greats, is what motivated him, what, what produced his best games, what what really was... What, what was the secret sauce in the cauldron that produced somebody like Shaquille O'Neal who won like five championships, multiple MVPs, all-star games, finals MVPs, all that's every, every accolade you could have in the NBA, he got it. Uh, what produced that? Anger. What was he motivated by? He needed to, and he talks about this, how would he would contrive things to get his anger online so he could play better. And that's what Michael Jordan did. And I bet you if you asked any elite athlete, that's what they did. The people, and I bet you you could go outside of sports and it applies it's just what capitalism does it's if you want to be good at it you have to be a fucking dominator you have to get those masculine qualities online and a lot of times it's fucking it's driven by anger 
and it's driven by resentment and it's driven by a scarcity mindset and that's what made the greats the greats and apply it across the board to CEOs apply it to anyone that we fucking know that's been successful at this game a lot of times that's what it's fucking driven by and i just don't think it's good for us it's just don't it's not good for your soul like it's it's glorious when you get to see it applied to like an athletic career and right. be like wow you went out there and fucking dominated hell yeah yeah like it's fun to watch and everything but but being that person probably wouldn't have been that fun at the time you know he didn't get to enjoy his championships he was ready for the next one. He won his he won his first championship, and he was like, "I'm gonna put this trophy up, and I'm gonna fucking add to it." And his dad just said, "Give me that fucking thing. Go get another one." <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's cold. It's harsh, but I, I see why it works. Oh yeah, because you're not in your house looking at your trophy all the time, like with your le- feet yeah, up. You're yeah, like, exactly. You're like, oh, I need a tro- I need another trophy. Yeah. Like this is my job. This is my mission. Well, what, what I'm saying is, overall, the prevailing mentality that it produces isn't going to lead to our salvation as a species. You know, it's just not. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's it's not going to solve any of our problems. I think it's gonna it's gonna make them go a little bit deeper. And you know, uh, this is uh, this the whole thing about you know great humblings and uh reckonings in your life is uh if you don't have space to apply uh you know those lessons they get worse they kind of get compounded in the shadow realm and i think we're dealing with a huge collective shadow right now that we're not willing to take a look at and like something like uh fucking covid comes along and it's like Okay, here's the great humbling. Here's the reckoning. Let's let's get on the same page, and it just splinters us even more because we're just stuck in that competition mindset, the paranoid mindset that capitalist capitalism produces. I've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's just uh, it's just interesting when it comes up like in a sports documentary, and you're like, wow, that's such an allegory for like society at large. This is it's kind of wild. It's like we we poison ourselves with the scarcity mindset and like we kind of have to, to succeed on any kind of level. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's very powerful fuel. So it probably made you like, I don't, I I think there's times that I've like pushed off of like, whether it's my mom or, you know, anyone, but I've had people like, and look, I'm grateful for them now, but people fuck with my livelihood and my career and, talked shit about me and talked shit about my projects, talked shit about my trajectory, talked shit about my motivations. Like this, I'm talking like a handful of people, but yeah, I've used them the way Shaquille O'Neal does the way Michael Jordan does. I I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Do you think that I'll show you, uh, you know, and it, and it probably was part of the motivator to get some of our projects done. And then like collaborators who've been flaky or unappreciative of my talents i'm like okay fuck you i'll show you on the next one i don't need you i don't need anyone i'm gonna fucking keep it going and it's it it wasn't the healthiest mindset because like i don't know if you remember how we were back in like 2012 2013 what was what was the main catchphrase in our life fuck everyone fuck everyone Eat shit. Eat shit. Fuck everybody. And we were down with that. Our whole group of friends was down with that. That's what we were. We thought it was the funniest thing ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you made you you got out and made shirts that said, 
you took a bleach and wrote eat shit on shirts i never wore that shirt because i was like i'm not gonna get a wear eat shit shirt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was driven by that it was it, i mean it was driven by like this is hilarious but at the same time like that was the prayer i had in my life was just like yo fuck everyone i'm going to get mine i'm going to get my fucking my career my money my life my comfort i'm going for it i don't give a fuck the dominator personality and it's like it so wasn't me that mushrooms needed to come along and show me who i really was well i, I liked there was one thing that i thought was really on point about what shaquille was saying was that you know to get the championship it wasn't gonna get handed to them they had to take it yeah championships don't get handed to you and that was really interesting because yeah. even at that level they could be under this impression like oh we're the best team like we're going to get handed a championship and they had we're to the, we're the most talented and everyone knows that yeah. who cares you had to really they had to really I'd be more scared of the people that ha haven't been told they're they're super talented and they're fucking hungry yeah they're hungry for it and they've been training they're not sitting there with their feet up saying oh look at my MVP trophy look at this I'm more scared of those motherfuckers the underdogs yeah yeah so that's that's more uh the position we've we've tried to align ourselves with is like and and I learned this early on. I remember before I was like I had made one one maybe two films, and I was doing a um, a project for Sundance Channel called Meet the Filmmakers, where I got to go around and uh, interview like twenty. I, I made like little short pieces about like twenty of the filmmakers that were in Sundance. They were great. They were great, and I got to talk to Joel Schumacher, who had a film out at the time. I can't even remember the name of the film, but he had he made Batman Returns and. You know, he he's made big movies. He he made The Lost Boys, big movies. Like, he was a big Hollywood star, and he's an older guy at this point. And I was just like, what advice would you have for young filmmakers? And uh, he was like, that that Hollywood isn't looking for you. They don't care. They're not thinking about you. They're not looking for you. You got to go get their attention. Like, they're, they're, help is not on the way. And And I think that's a great way to go through. You know, that was such good advice that really, that was profound to the point where I still remember it. And I still you quote that. You said it to me all the time. You were yeah. just like, they're not waiting for us. No one's waiting for us. No one's looking for us. Like no, It doesn't matter what our last success was. It doesn't matter how many people passed around our last film and how many fucking articles we were in and people fucking bestowing us the next kings of documentary. It doesn't fucking matter. They're really not looking for you. They're not, they don't care. It's an industry. It's cold. It's unforgiving. It's run by a fucking algorithm. Make your art make it noticeable get better at making especially art. if Keep that's what you want to do is make art yeah you got to remind yourself like what do i want to do yeah Wait, why do i think it's important to, what is important about to me about being a human yeah yeah um those are good questions that i appreciate asking myself because i find it very clarifying but that reminds me of when i asked kurt i was doing like a little interview when we we're doing that music video kurt file kurt file yeah and i asked him like what advice would you have for young musicians you know and he's like, I used to tell people to like have something physical, you know, but now he's like, now it's really like, you should be making art regardless of who's helping you. Mm -hmm. Because the people who want to help you make art want to help the people who'd be making art whether or not they helped you. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Well, that, that's why, like, like, you know, when you're in the business world, like, oh, you can't have gaps on your resume. I would say the same thing about your artistic output. You know, mm -hmm. uh, at, at least for us, that's the standard I hold myself to. Like, that's like, I don't want, I don't want big gaps in our filmography. I don't want like, what were you guys doing the last eight years? You know, I don't want it to be like that. Yeah. I want, I want to st stay creatively invigorated. 
which is why we do this podcast. Honestly, that's what the, that was the original reason we started doing the podcast is like, how do we stay creatively engaged and invigorated between films? And we're, we're only, we were only making like one a year at the time. So it, it helped us a lot, fill the gap and just, you know, keep the fires burning. Well, you like this blank canvas where you like to see what happens oh, yeah. in a moment if you just allow it to unfold yeah. and set the time and the space to do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Do you? Have you grown to love it? I've grown to love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You were a little scaredy cat at first. Yeah, and I'm still probably not as, like, devoted as you are in some ways, you know. Not, like, you know, where I, like, every once in a while I'll be like, I'll talk to you about the podcast and be like, and you have such a fire about how important it is Mm -hmm. that I just trust that. Well, I, all I have to do is just look at our life and be like, how do we know everyone we know? Yeah. Who who are all of our friends? How did we find those people? How did they find us? How did we end up making those connections? Like, that's all it comes down to for me. It's like, this is an investment. Every time we put out one of these things, you never know who the fuck's going to hear it or resonate with something. And, uh, yeah. It's just, it's helped our life so much beyond beyond the creative practice and chasing the muse. It's and it, working it out. Yeah, yeah. Like it, work it, Like we've worked out a lot of stuff publicly, but it's yeah. also like allowed for inspired conversations privately. Yeah. Like, oh, why'd you bring that up on the podcast, or what is yeah. this about? Like, I think uh, it's so funny. We're however many years deep, eleven years deep into living together. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we still are learning how to be better communicators with each other, and learning like that communication isn't important and at times uncomfortable or at times you're not going to get the response you want. Yeah. But it's still important to like move the conversation forward or I don't know. No, you do know. Yeah. I mean, it's helped us not stagnate. Uh, you know, that, that that's part of the, like, cause I try to not repeat myself on here. Which is close to impossible. It's close to impossible. We've done so many of these and like, I don't know how many, this is like t- episode 285 plus, uh, uh, all the like there's like 50 or 75 of these episodes that are only on patreon i feel like we're always saying the same thing just with different words like that's what yeah. life is like life is actually this yeah big symphony of the same song yeah so but but it's it, it helps me uh not cling to any idea and start making some mask out of it that i that i want to hang my end identity on Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? I hear myself say something and I'm in its infancy stage. A lot of times we come on here and we're saying stuff that like we haven't talked about before at all. So it helps me not stagnate and my way of thinking. So it, it just it feels like uh, it feels like making the bed and cleaning the room. Like I can't do anything until I've made the bed and cleaned the room and vacuumed and everything. This feels like uh, the thought processing equivalent to that. Like, hey, let's let's clean everything up. Let's make sure that. uh no thoughts are getting too sticky and solidified and you know we know we, we have a good sense of what our destiny is and let's just work out anything we need to work out and just get it out of our systems totally no there's like a purging process that definitely happens mm-hmm. and then you kind of like have to sit with oh i said that that didn't come off great i don't want to come off like that i don't really want to be like that yeah you know it kind of like there's like something so haunting about this process oh yeah and that i've come to kind of like appreciate the discomfort of it Mm -hmm. um 
and maybe if I'm not reeling after we record it, maybe I didn't go far enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It, I mean, it, it, it also just helps you not care because I avoid the temptation of ever like deleting an old episode or let's edit this out or anything like that. I don't do that, you know. It is what it is. It, yeah, but it, it also just helps you forgive and accept who you are and who you were in that moment. And cool, that podcast was just another diary entry of who I was in that moment. It's just another reflection of who I was. And I love that motherfucker. It also feels like we're part of this period in time where life, where podcast is such a popular medium. I, yeah, it's I've, not I've, even like a unique medium that we're doing. It's like we are just like part of this moment in time where podcasts have a heyday of people having podcasts, of people doing podcasts, of people expressing themselves, for people setting their space, for people sharing conversations. All this stuff is like, oh, we're kind of like part of this wave. And yeah. that's just kind of fun, you know? And yeah. at times I was like, oh, are we stupid for doing this or... You know, because I hear, would hear people in the park being like, and he's on the podcast and this podcast. And I was like, ugh, cringe. I know, I know. <laughs> and then I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever, we're part of it. It's probably, it's probably like similar to the feeling like bands had like in the, in the 60s, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, the, the, the Beatles came along and blew this thing wide open for like, this this medium to just be so relevant in people's lives and in culture and then all these bands came along and probably like most of them are just lost in the dustbin of history right. and probably at the time there was a lot of self-doubt but then there's like the the ones we still talk about totally you know? we're going to see a documentary about neil young tonight very excited hell yeah one night only in the theaters harvest time <laughs> i cannot fucking wait but it's probably a similar type of thing they were carving out a new space and making rock and roll music the most relevant thing for people to listen to and consume at the time and i and feel a way like to express in yeah. a way to express yeah and while i do think music is more important i do think uh podcasts probably have taken over as like the thing people listen to over music or anything else i, I think like hours logged yeah, when it comes down to it, the amount of time you would spend listening to podcasts compared to music, probably most people of a certain age listen to way more podcast minutes than music minutes. Do you think you do? Mm, wow. I listen to... See, I wasn't a big podcast consumer until like the last year and a half when I found Matt and Shane's Secret Podcast and Tuesdays with Stories, so... If you looked at my numbers for them, it probably would rival how much I listen to the Grateful Dead. And that's crazy. I'm like, I'm as big of a music fan as you can be. And these two boys. And these boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in a way, it feels good to be part of that, you know, to be, to be part of uh, just the the river of art and just you know being a few droplets going down the river of art and just adding our contribution and doing our best and uh, you know I, I think what we say is probably very relevant to the people that are still listening to us totally yeah do you want to um talk about what's going on on our discord and other things we have coming up why don't you try okay <laughs> um if you're on our Patreon and our Discord, awesome. We love you and uh, want to just say we're doing an end-of-year art exchange, which we've done. This will be our second or third one at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah. Tell what the art exchange is. Um, it's like a secret Santa for art. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think a lot of holiday cards go around this time of year. So it's an opportunity for you to send some art to someone in the community. Some people go all out, um, have gone all out in the past, but I really just want to encourage people to not get intimidated by. It could be whatever. The ask. Like, I yeah, think what's the, the thought that counts? The most perfect thing would be for you to designate half an hour to an hour and sit down and draw or doodle something with a little art blessing. Like the idea is to send an art blessing to someone else that you something don't that's going to brighten up someone's space. Yeah, especially as the days are longest. I think it's just and it encourages us to create. Like I sometimes every year I'm like, oh, this is because anytime I go to sit down to paint, I'm like, this is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I? decide that this is a good idea but it's yeah. always so rewarding and um so to set the space to try to do that is really good we also book club on the discord um we're doing a neil gaiman book uh the end of the ocean i don't remember the title of it i have to read it still so <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> but check that out um doing art groups pretty much every sunday where we just get together and chill and make yeah, art. everyone gets on video and it's basically it seems like a, kind of like a live podcast you guys have music playing and you just have a conversation and everyone just makes some art together yeah we just talk about our recent inspiration what's going on just it's like a cool place to chill good way to find friends I, the discord's a great way to find friends i've been thinking about this a lot and i talked to some people the other day about it and i think i'm gonna do a monthly kind of um, encouragement group at mm -hmm. accountability group something of that nature around the full moon which for most of the year next year is going to fall like in the fifth or sixth seventh of the month until like august then it switches but what i i have done uh like women's groups and this isn't a women's group but this is just a group where and i've benefited in the past where it's like you get together and you tell people like what your goal is for the month is in the context I had done it, but basically it's like, what can you share that you can pat yourself on the back about this month? What are you happy that you accomplished? And it's a way to set space for congratulating yourself and bragging and saying, I did this and I'm happy I did this. Because I think when you have that space, then you can think through the month like, oh, I can't wait to share this with my friends that I did this thing that I've been meaning to do or I move this forward. So kind of wanting to set the space of like, what have you done recently that you're proud of in the last month? What do you need support in, whether that's us co-imagining with you or giving actual practical advice or whatever it is that you, or just wanting to hear yourself mm -hmm. say to the universe, I need support in this department to move this project forward. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. I'm gonna do that. Cool. And I feel like there's some other things. We're getting Mer the shirt that Mare Designed printed. Oh, yeah. We have new shirts coming out. Uh, They're incredible. They're going to be really good. Yeah. The design is incredibly epic. Um, so we'll have that soon. And I just want to say here, which I think is okay to say, um, if you need any sort of goodie, I know that the holidays is a good time to share goodies with family or friends who may not have access to certain types of goodies. And I'm thinking in like a microdosing capacity. Supplies. Supplies. Medicine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we know of someone yeah. who can really help you with a safe source Yeah. for that stuff. Whatever it is. 
So if you're looking for this time of year to give the gift of an experience. We have permission to hand off a contact to you. Yes. So that's actually very powerful. Um, and all that can be done through patreon.com slash church of chill. And I, the thing I'm most proud of on there is all the podcasts we've put on there. So we get real loose and wild on there. And we have an archive of past podcast video and audio. We have over 150 episodes of our psychedelic radio show, Church of Chill. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the, the Sacred Boys Club podcast it's the only place you can hear it is is church of chill or is patreon.com slash church of chill me and joey's uh secret podcast joey's coming to town next week so there will be a new one i'm sure soon joey's coming to town in a couple days and we're gonna start editing our film looks and uh just uh, yeah it just means the world to us obviously our patreon isn't about the money um because it's pay what you want but it really means the world to us when i see people supporting us it really does. Well, yeah, if you it affects my mood because I'm it just it just shows like, wow, you went out of your way to like sign up for this thing and you you get more than more than what it's worth when you're on there, but it just, it means a lot to me personally when I see people pop up there and I Yeah, just, everyone who has it. supported and been so generous, it's like uh It means everything our, to us. Makes our world and if you like hanging out with us for an hour every 10 days or whatever we put them out, um it helps keep us doing it. It feels that's that's what I was gonna say, but I didn't want to seem like lame. But that that's lame? part of that's part of what keeps us doing it. It's like oh, okay, these people care enough, you know. They they signed up for our thing. Let's fucking give them something, you know. Yeah, this is our job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is our job. They took our jobs. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, this was really fun. Thank you for suggesting it and making this beautiful thing. And the lava lamp really cooperated for us. If you're Around watching halfway us through, it kind of came into full effect. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. Uh, cool. Uh, this was awesome. Even the half hour that we didn't record, that we thought we were recording, was awesome. I love chilling with you. Always. Yeah. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. <laughs>